You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast. First, I want to just let everyone know that I'm back in Miami. It's been an amazing summer in Europe, and I just feel so blessed to have been able to share the yoga space with so many students all over the world. So if you joined remotely, virtually, or were the lucky few to join in person, I just want to send a special thanks over to you. I'm back home in Miami in the land of sunshine, and it has been so warm and sunny since I've been home that I feel that it's just a blessing. And I also want to say a special thanks to every single person who is reading my new book, Get Your Yoga On. I've been overwhelmed by the positive response that I've gotten from students, teachers, and interested yogis all over the world. So really, thanks for your support. And if you haven't checked it out yet, I would love it if you would check it out. It's available wherever books are sold, Amazon, my publisher's website, Shambhala, or your local independent bookseller. And the title again is Get Your Yoga On. So in this podcast episode, I'm sharing with you a talk on anchoring the deeper states of the inner world that you experience in yoga and meditation in your life and how that can change and impact the quality of your life. This is also a talk I gave while I was in Budapest, beautiful, amazing city. So, so grateful to have been and a meta practice, which is a meditation, a loving kindness meditation. I also answer some questions from the students who joined the practice live. I hope you enjoy both the meditation, the talk, and the live Q&A. It's always useful to share your students and fellow students' journey. And I hope you leave with a little bit of, well, inspiration to keep practicing. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for joining for this meditation. I'm in Budapest, in Hungary, enjoying the beautiful, lovely weather. If you checked out my IG stories today, you'll have seen that I went on a beautiful hike in what they call the heart chakra of Hungary or the world. Sorry if I got that wrong. In some place that I probably can't pronounce, so I won't even bother trying to pronounce it. And it's quite late here in Hungary, so I'm inside in my uh, little room here with the lights switched on, which is kind of a perfect mood for meditation. I have some interesting geometric shapes behind me. I didn't put these here. These were, came with the room, free of charge. <laughs> so this evening, or from wherever you're joining, I see there are many people joining from uh, in the European time zone, which is where I'm at. And I see many people joining from the American time zones, North American time zones. And wherever you are, this is a wonderful time just to tune in. If it's the end of your day, like it is for me over here in Europe, meditation at the end of the day is such a wonderful way to turn the attention inward. If you're joining in the middle of the day or at the start of your day in another part of the world, any time you take to reconnect with yourself is just such a wonderful tool to keep you centered. So let's get started. Come to a comfortable seated position. And after you take your comfortable seated position, I'd like you to try not to change your posture, okay? 
if you can't sit comfortably on the ground, you're most welcome to sit on a chair or you're even welcome to do this meditation lying down for tonight. So really just try to find as much of a comfortable position as possible. I tend to get a little chilly when I'm meditating, so I've got this nice shawl that I'm going to wrap all the way around me. And if you want to do the same, there's probably not a perfect posture for meditation. So wherever you land, just make a kind of note of acceptance about that and then settle in. Okay. All right. It gets chilly here when the sun goes down. So now we begin, close your eyes, bring your attention inward, call in the faculty of your five senses into the inner world, and do this by First, closing the eyes, redirecting the faculty of sight inward. Then redirecting the point of hearing into the inner world just by tuning into the subtle sounds that you might hear as you simply draw your point of awareness inward. Quiet sounds, the sounds of the relative silence in the room that you're in now, or the place you're in now. The sensation of touch, so that you begin to feel the inner realms, starting with your body and then moving more and more subtle. And the sensation of smell and taste can also be directed inward just by being aware the nose, the lips, the tongue. Having these five organs of our senses directed into the inner world is a call into presence. As though your mind, your body, your soul can all come into alignment here and now. Using the power of the five senses, now bring your attention to rest on your breath. So feel your breath, hear your breath, see the breath, perhaps even smell and taste your breath as it moves in and out of the body, harnessing the full power of your attention to focus in on the breath. Notice your breath. Breath moving in, breath moving out. You might notice that your breath seems to change just as though you bring your attention towards it, as though you notice breath. And then suddenly it feels perhaps like you naturally breathe a little bit deeper. But if you don't, that's okay too. You might also notice that the breath is very subtle and light and hard to feel. To give yourself a more specific focal point, you might draw your attention inside the nostrils, along the upper lip, 
around the rim of the nostrils and inside the nose. In as you breathe in, out as you breathe out. Using the breath as the anchor of mindfulness, harnessing the full power of your senses to be fully cognizant of the breath as it moves in and out of your body. Being careful to observe and not judge to just be aware of what is, what is simply is. Your breath is the breath as it is. You might feel your breath very rhythmic and deep, steady, or you might feel the breath shallow and unpredictable. Do not judge, just observe. Whatever thoughts seem to appear in the mind, just recognize them and then label them as thinking and see if you can come back to the breath, back to the breath, back to the breath. Don't, no matter what you're thinking of, no matter how frequently the mind wanders, the effort of meditation is not to start off with a calm and clear mind, but instead to recognize the quality of mind which is caught in a stream of thoughts and then just bring it back to the breath. To recognize that the mind has gone away and then return once more to the breath. This is the effort of redirecting the mind's point of attention into the inner world, the inner world. Cultivating the attitude of equanimity, non-judgment, where what is simply is. Whether your breath is deep or shallow, warm or cool, it simply is. You practice not judging the breath. And in that state of pure observation, you can observe that the breath will naturally change sometimes deep, sometimes shallow, sometimes warm, sometimes cool, sometimes to your liking, sometimes not to your liking, doesn't matter. You are here not to find the perfect breath, but to simply breathe and maintain equanimity, non-judgment, pure observation, 
of the quality of breath as it moves in and out of the body so that your mind is completely full of the awareness of your breath, the breath as breath, what is simply is. You practice dropping your resistance, practice the state of surrender, a flow that is the meditative mind. Observe the inflowing breath as the inflowing breath, the outgoing breath as the outgoing breath. Observe whatever else arises, whether thought, emotion, or physical sensation. Your feet may be achy or falling asleep. You may be hot or cold, or otherwise want to change your posture. See if you can just observe what is, and then choose not to react bringing your attention back to the breath. To observe, my feet have fallen asleep. Back to the breath. You observe physical pain on a quite high level. Back to the breath. You observe itchy sensation. Back to the breath. You observe quite strong emotion has arisen. Back to the breath. Reactivity level high, back to the breath. And in this way, you train the mind and you train yourself to observe that you are not your thoughts, your emotions. You are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You are not your physical body. You are something beyond. By identifying with that which is beyond the seeing, watching consciousness, you can experience a few moments of transcendent peace. Breath as breath. No judgment. Just observe what is. Establishing this point of neutrality is crucial to creating the fertile ground for planting the seeds of metta, of loving kindness. Much like clearing out the weeds in a garden, create the fertile ground for you to plant the seeds of all of the fruits that you may wish to partake in. As the weeds of old thoughts, destructive thoughts, are gently removed, the patterns of the past are lessened. And in this open field of the mind, we can begin to plant the seeds of metta, loving kindness. So now we begin metta. Bring your attention to your heart center, the space at the center of the chest behind the sternum. Feel the vibration of the heart, harnessing the full faculty of your five senses, perhaps, you can see a color that represents the heart or an image. Perhaps you can feel the deep vibration of the spiritual heart. Perhaps there's a sound like a vibration or hum 
or even a musicality that seems to present itself at the level of the heart. Perhaps there's a smell, a taste, or something that comes online that makes you recognize that you are here embodied at the level of the heart. To tune in to the space of love and compassion. Deep in the channel of your heart, begin to call up a memory, a memory of your happiest day, a day when you felt so overjoyed, so loved. And if it's hard for you to call up a memory of a happy day, then visualize that happy day where you feel loved, fulfilled, whole, and complete. It could be the day that marks the birth of a child. It could be your wedding day, graduation day, or some other momentous day in your life where you just feel that all is a blessing. And call that up in your heart center and notice the change, the vibration of the heart, the embodied presence of the level of the heart. And let that good memory of that experience of wholeness and happiness anchor within you. Feel it emanate from your heart center outwards through your body into the energy fields and the aura so that your whole energy is colored with the signature of that unique happiest moment. holding that space of love and compassion within your heart. Now we start to plant even deeper seeds of metta. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I share peace and harmony with all in my life. May I step into alignment with my true purpose. May I find the path to wholeness, to happiness, to lasting happiness, to real love. May this be a real lived experience over and over and over again. May I effortlessly find alignment with my highest path, May I easily move into a state of ease and flow where everything lines up for me. May I be successful in all that I do. May I find meaning and connection. May I see everything as a blessing and be given the strength to move through obstacles. May I live in harmony with myself, in harmony with all beings. May my body be filled with good energy. May I step into healing the systems of my body. May I find the foods that nourish me. May I sleep well and wake up filled with energy. May I live in communion with my higher power. 
Now, as you feel the heart center, notice the feeling of expansion and release at the level of the heart. And then call up into your heart center someone whom you feel compassion and love for. It could be a dear one, someone whom you love very dearly. Or it could be someone you know that's suffering, who needs support and love. Take a moment and just make a connection to this person. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you find a way out of whatever suffering surrounds you. May your body be healthy. May you be filled with love. May you be safe and secure, free from anxiety, free from negativity. May you be filled with love. Now for a moment in the vast expanse of the world, hold in the channel of the heart, the awareness of all those whom are suffering in the world, human beings whom are lonely and alone, human beings who are in physical pain, sick, injured, or otherwise wounded, those who are suffering other hardships, financial hardships, environmental hardships, socio-political hardships, cultural hardships, genetic hardships, ethnic hardships, religious hardships, all the animals who might be suffering, those who are abused, those animals whose purpose is only suffering, those lost, wounded, kidnapped, all these suffering beings. Feel that in the heart center for a moment. And just allow that in for a moment. Let it be there. We run from suffering so often, our own and others. But now in this state of wholeness, you're strong enough to let it in and be a force of healing. May all these suffering beings come out of their misery. Those human beings who are blinded by hate, blinded by ill will, negativity, those whom have been harmed, who spray words of hatred, bullying, ill will, and lies in the world. May all these suffering beings, may they all come out of their misery. May all be free of their suffering. May all human beings find the path that leads them out cycles of ignorance, the damage that's done by hands that have been harmed and are caught in cycles of more and more harm. May all these innocent animals be safe and secure. May all these beings be happy, find real love, 
true compassion in ways that I may have contributed intentionally or unintentionally to the suffering of others. May I ask for forgiveness in ways that others may have intentionally or unintentionally contributed to my suffering and my misery. Now that I am in a state of fullness, may I forgive them freely. Expand your heart even more outward. Be aware of the presence of every living being in the entire universe. Every tree, every blade of grass, in the whole world, all the bodies of water, every mountain, every valley, every beach, every shoreline, and every continent and every island, every animal, beings of the land, beings of the air, beings of water, beings of ether who live in the spirit, the vast infinite expanse of the universe, the pinprick, of Earth, in the enormity of the universe and eternity. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be filled with love. May the light of the world grow stronger and stronger. May more and more beings turn towards the light. May more and more beings find real peace, real happiness, real love. May more and more beings come to embody balance and harmony. May the soft edges grow softer and softer. May we all experience wholeness, deep and lasting peace. May all beings live in harmony, harmony, harmony. With a long, deep exhalation, bring your attention back to your own heart center. Feel your breath in your own body. Feel the vibration of love, wholeness, and deep peace and resolution within you, anchoring this space of compassion and kindness. Be aware of that good vibration within you. Just deepen it for a moment. And then allow yourself another long, deep breath in. And as you exhale, soften your posture. You can slowly open the eyes. And you're welcome to soften the posture a little bit if you'd like to. Great. Well, everyone, thanks so much for sitting with me this evening. I really enjoy the shared space of sitting.
I can really feel our collective energy as we're sitting, even though we're not in the exact same room. We are present with each other through what you could call the non-local quality of consciousness. So that by the very fact of us sharing space together, we are actually together in the realm of energy. And this is so palpably important because the way that I see it is that there is, you know, and field, you could say, that's created by all of our connections. I think it's even more stronger when we're at different places around the world, each one of us anchoring that vibration of meditation and the inner space and whatever city we happen to be in, and then emanating outward, holding that space of equanimity and then holding the space of compassion. So important to positively impacting the lives of those around us and really our own lives. One of the hardest things to do is to continue once you get off your meditation cushion or your yoga practice to get off your mat and then to carry that same vibration into other circumstances in your life. When we talk about this notion of anchoring a state within you, it's about being strong enough so that you're able to maintain your integrity, your vibrational integrity, your emotional integrity, your thought integrity amidst what can be sometimes disturbing external circumstances. And that vibration within you gets so firm and so anchored by years of spiritual practice, then you not only are able to remain tranquil and peaceful, equanimous and balanced, regardless what situations you're experiencing in your life, but you actually begin to be the harmonizing effect in those who are around you. I can't remember where I read the little piece of information I'm going to share with you next, but it's a pretty cool little uh, piece of information. I hope it's not just one of these new age folklore tales because I really like it. So in Switzerland, they have a lot of clocks <laughs> and it's actually true. You know, it's not just the Swiss clockmaker, uh, you know, a metaphor. I've been in Zurich and, you know, in the city of Zurich, there are actually a lot of clocks in the center of Zurich. So, so, so this is the, something that was found out by a Swiss clockmaker that in a room with a lot of old grandfather clocks, everybody know what a grandfather clock is? It's these big old beautiful clocks that make these loud dinging sounds that, you know, seem kind of antiquated in our modern age of iPhone timers, but grandfather clocks are beautiful things. So the grandfather clocks in this old clockmaker's room were all broken and returned to this clockmaker. And they were all just, you know, banging out of tune. And this is why they were in this clockmaker's um, room. Well, the clockmaker had a very big and loud grandfather clock amongst these. It was really big, really loud. And when he left over the weekend, all these clocks said, you know, I'm going to leave these, fix them next week. When he came back, the clockmaker found that all of the grandfather clocks in the room had synchronized themselves in harmony with the loudest, strongest grandfather clock in the room. And I find that really, really powerful in terms of the metaphor that we can take for how we are impacted by the strongest and loudest vibration that we're around. Now, we, we might think at first that what that means is you raise your voice and be really loud and scream a lot if you want to make an impact in the world. But no, no. 
This is a metaphor about vibration. It's the vibration that you hold an anchor within yourself. Because if you're not holding and anchoring a conscious vibrational choice within you, if that power that is within you is not anchored with a conscious thought, then you'll be one of those other grandfather clocks that's being impacted by the sounds, vibrations, in other words, the thoughts and emotions of people around you. Emotions are probably one of the most powerful tools of vibration. I'm a really emotional person, and maybe you are too. And when I was much younger, I used to feel like my emotions were something I didn't understand. But now I really understand that emotions are, in one part, a really important kind of signifier for what vibration you're holding. And then on another part, they're the raw power that you can use to anchor a conscious vibration of your choice. So if you think back to the meditation that we did today, to anchor the space of metta, I had you call up a memory that was a memory of wholeness within you so that you could emotionally connect into that. Sometimes when we're asked to practice metta, it can feel a little bit like strange just to start saying, you know, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, to say these words. But if you can actually tap into the emotional presence of a time in your life when you've been really, really happy, when you felt, you know, whole and fulfilled, like everything was going your way, then that begins to bring the emotions online. When the emotions come online, the thoughts seem to follow. And we sometimes think thought is, you know, this thought and emotion question is kind of like a chicken and egg. You know, if I'm feeling this way, I'm more likely to think this type of thought. If I think this type of thought, I'm more likely to feel this way. So they're definitely tied together. If your emotional reality is strong enough and tied and anchored into a particular state of your conscious choice, naturally thoughts that are aligned with that will start to follow. Of course, you can go the other way as well. I've found that as an emotional being, to have the idea that you can consciously use your emotions to help anchor a state of being that you're interested in in your life is kind of like, it's just a game changer in terms of what emotions are and how to operate in terms of them. Rather than being a victim to your emotions, you can actually use them to fuel the power of, you know, a new space. And then if you go back to that grandfather clock analogy, once your emotional vibrational being is strong enough to be anchored within yourself, in whatever room you enter, you're felt by the other beings who are in the room, just with your presence. You don't need to shout and scream and make a big fuss. It's just that the being that you are has a positive impact on those who are around. And if you're so strong and grounded in your personal practice of compassion, of metta, of peace, and of harmony within yourself, then necessarily that will have positive ripple waves in the life and the world around you. So this is my message for tonight. And uh, if you have, I hope you found it beneficial and useful in combination with uh, meditation. And if there are any, if anybody has any other questions or anything else you wanted to chat or talk about, if you would either type it into the chat or if you want to raise your hand, uh, if you know how to do that on Zoom, then I'll come a little closer, uh, bring the little iPad over a little bit closer and we can continue to chat for a little bit. And um, I hope that the lighting is okay here. I have to turn it like that if I want to come closer. So thanks for listening, everyone. Again, if you have any questions, please feel welcome to type it into the chat. The last time there were lots of questions, so I wanted to make sure I left time for that, or you're welcome to raise your hand 
And then I can ask you to unmute and then we'll spend a little bit more time together for this evening. Okay. Oh, Paula has uh, mentioned something interesting, which many women will be able to identify with. She says that the story about the grandfather clock synchronizing reminded her about how when you put a bunch of women together, guess what else also usually synchronizes? You know this, ladies, uh, you know, and all of your friends are going through their ladies' holiday at the same time, then it kind of creates, you know, uh, like a vibration that's around. And, you know, I don't know if then we synchronize to like the strongest person who's like the female vibrating around us, but it, uh, it's something I've definitely experienced as well. Okay, we've got two more questions. Um, lots of questions, actually. So Carolina is asking, what if happy thoughts are accompanied by sadness or longing? That's okay too. Just be aware of what is actually happening. So if happy thoughts are accompanied by sadness or longing, this seems like that the that there's another thought underneath the happy thought. So I would, I would encourage you to look a little bit deeper. It sounds to me, and I could be wrong, but that if you think a happy thought and that's immediately associated with sadness or longing, that there's probably a seed of unworthiness that's underneath the uh, quote unquote happy thought. This is uncomfortable for me. I need to change there. Okay. So that the that there is a seed of unworthiness, a seed of, and that happy thought I'm thinking is not good enough for me or I'll never get there. So that, that that's where that sadness or longing is coming from. So I would encourage you to dig deeper and explore what this what thought and what vibration the sadness and longing is actually uh, tapped into. Because until you deal with that, the happy thoughts will actually not be fruitful for creating a happy reality, but instead will be tying you more and more into the sadness and longing. Meta Rupa is asking, what is Meta? Sorry, this is your first Meta class. So as I said, during meditation, Meta is the Sanskrit word for loving kindness. Meta is a cognate word with the Pali uh, word for Maitri or friendliness. Uh, sorry, the, that's the other way around. Meta is the Pali word and Maitri is the Sanskrit word. Sorry about that. And these are two uh, concepts or these are similar concepts, but the Metta practice comes from the teaching of the Buddha. And the story of Metta is a wonderful one that was actually uh, given from the Buddha to a group of monks who said that they were unable to meditate because of annoying creatures that were harassing them during their meditation. So the Buddha taught these group of monks metta by starting off first cultivating metta towards themselves and then actually ask these group of monks to practice metta towards the annoying beings that they found were creating an inopportune uh, environment for their meditation practice. And the story goes, the sutta, the metta sutta says that at the end of a few days of continuous and unbroken meta practice that these annoying beings were impacted in the same kind of vibrational um, analogy of that grandfather clock to instead of being against the meditators to actually be in support of the meditators. And it's a wonderful sutta. If you've never read the metta sutta, it's really, really wonderful and could be really you know, relevant because we think that there are so many annoying things that are around us all the time that create an inopportune attitude for meditation or spiritual practice. So that if we can, you know, really actually uh, use that which is annoying to facilitate a deeper experience of our practice, it can change our life. 
I see a lot more questions. Okay. I find that I enjoy intense emotions. How do you recommend detaching from this? That's interesting. So I would probably want to follow up with the question of, do you enjoy um, like intense anger and intense depression? Because when we, when, if you do that, that's okay too. But I'm just curious about that. Nevertheless, here are some, here are some tools about that. First of all, emotions are totally acceptable and you want to feel them all. It's not that we're trying to remove emotions, but what we're trying to do is not identify or get attached to emotions. So if you crave really intense emotions, you're creating a cycle of addiction that is biologically um, measurable in the human brain. The more, for example, let's take anger because I went to anger first of all when I thought of an intense emotion. The more angry you get, the more intense the brain wants to or looks for that next anger high. So there are hormones like there are hormones and chemicals that are associated with a heightened state of arousal. One of these is adrenaline and the corticosteroids that are associated with that. And each time your nervous system gets to that high, you will experience a low. And then after that low, if you crave another high and you follow that, you will then be looking for or searching for the next thing to become angry at so that then you will only feel good about yourself when you are experiencing these intense emotions, which is by definition, the cycle of addiction. So while now and then it is completely human to be you know, triggered to an angry outburst or a frustrated outburst or something like that, if you continue to crave the intensity of really, really intense highs, really, really intense lows, then you'll be fueling a cycle of addiction in your mind and actually in your biology. So what I recommend for you to do is to try to cultivate more and more equanimity. So when the intense emotions are there, just try not to generate craving or attachment towards them. So you just observe anger is present. Sit with it. See what it does. That's all. Same thing with really intense happiness, really intense bliss. When it's present, sit with it. Try not to generate craving or clinging towards it. Mm-hmm. So Adinda had a similar question of how do you keep your happy state if people around you are frustrated, angry, or stressed? This is an unfortunate circumstance with our world as it is right now. The world is full of frustrated, angry, stressed, and unhappy and miserable people. If you read any headlines in the news, you will see that the world is... I don't know. Feels for me, I feel like the world is a heartbreaking situation right now. You know, um, it's uh, extremely dystopian in some cases. That I feel that it's hard to keep your happy, compassionate, loving space anchored within you. But just as we did the meditation today, that you tap into the suffering, the misery of those people who are angry, stressed, frustrated, and perpetuating kind of more and more of that, what we would call the, you know, the annoying states in the world, the negative, the negative, the negativity in the world, the toxicity in the world. If we can understand that those beings are suffering, we can cultivate compassion towards them. Doesn't mean you need to be around those people or subject yourself to those people, but you may be able to have a little bit more compassion if you can think about it like that. Okay. Well, there's lots of questions. Okay. Belinda is asking, what if your light, happiness, and presence makes others shy? How can you turn that around? You can't. That's up to them. Sorry. Nothing really you can do about that. You just have to sit with your your reaction. The only thing you can do is you can recognize your reaction to that, whether it's compassion or whether it's making yourself uncomfortable. Just observe that within yourself. 
Sarah is asking a question. Any tips on how to remember to anchor yourself in challenging situations, especially when interacting with other emotional or reactive beings? This is going to be a, a kind of a tip to emotional self-regulation. Your emotional well-being is your number one responsibility. If you find your emotional well-being is challenged by a particular interaction with someone who's being really reactive or even abusive towards you, you need to remove yourself from that situation and understand that that is the best thing that you can do to anchor within yourself, your own self-compassion. And then you can choose whether or not you want to re-engage with that being or not. But this is a a really hard thing to understand is that you need to place your own emotional well-being at number one. If If you've lost your center, you're not able to maintain that heart of compassion only thing you can do at that moment is to remove yourself from the situation because you recognize this has crossed a boundary for me. I'm no longer able to anchor myself in my compassionate state. And any action I take from here forth will be rooted in something in a behavior that I don't want to perpetuate. This is really hard. I've been in, you know, I'm married. So I know exactly what that means is to be in, you know, an argument with your loved one and you're in the middle of an argument with your loved one. As soon as I myself, like try to have this commitment with myself. As soon as I start seeing, you know, my husband as like the, 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 like a villain, as soon as I've been like, you know, he's a villain and I'm going to tell him how he's done this wrong and that wrong. And then I realize, oh, I'm, I'm outside of my own compassion. My emotional well-being is, is wrecked right now. I need to take a step back. And that was a really hard thing for me to learn. So I would encourage you to, to try to learn that lesson as well, that when you're, when you're emotionally imbalanced, remove yourself from the situation, go seek your balance away, then you can choose whether or not you want to return to the situation or not. Mm. Next question. Do you have any recommendations when I'm trying to let go and surrender? My mind is trying to control the insecurity and my chewing muscles start to be tense, like I'm afraid of the letting go. The only real instruction that you can you can have in that circumstance is to observe that you're afraid of the letting go and then kind of go into in a minute and um, a very, very sensitive and subtle way what the embodied feeling of that fear is for you. So if you notice, you're already doing it. If you notice that your chewing muscles start to be tense, then you cultivate equanimity towards that. Chewing muscles start to be very intense. What does the fear actually feel like? Look for the physical manifestations of the fear and then let that be a, a grounding point for the mind, like an anchor of mindfulness. So we're going back to mindfulness training there rather than being able to cultivate metta when that's happening. You can observe controlling quality of the mind is present. Back to the breath. Observe chewing muscles are present. Back to the breath. Heating sensations. Back to the breath. Neck muscles are tense. Back to the breath. Eyebrow muscles are tense. Back to the breath. I'm forcing my eyes closed. Back to the breath. You just observe back to the breath, tensing my fingers back to the breath, whatever it is, it's coming up for you. Okay. Uh, okay. So Laura is asking, I still think of animals that are hurting. I could not, I could not move past those feelings. I feel sad and angry. How can I change that now? Should I do a new round of meditation or will that make that worse? So Laura, I'm super sorry that you were not able to move past that. It can be really overwhelming to think of the, you know, all the hurt, hurting innocent animals that are out there. So the way to move past that is to two things. First, to recognize that you can send them meta from where they are right now. So you can send them compassion. By letting their hurt into you, you can send them compassion. By you just saying, holding their hurt for a moment, you're letting it in. May you be happy. 
then you find the way to freedom. You can visualize freedom. Then in that space of visualization, you can add in a positive outcome. So for you, that's going to be really important because you're stuck in the hurt. You're going to need to add in a very specific positive outcome for that group of beings that you are really, really attached and, 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 and kind of you know, compassionate with and, and identified with. So for you, this is what I recommend. So you can do it with me. You can do it right now. I'll talk you through that. You can close your eyes. And then all of the animals in the world that are suffering. So for example, we can think about, you know, all of the animals that are working or industrial animals like the chickens and the cows that are making eggs and milk and other dairy products. And, you know, the goats that are out there doing the same thing. We can visualize them all running in a field. We can see them no longer being, uh, you know, factory animals and being loved and cherished as pets and equal beings in the world. And you can just hold that image for a moment. And then you can go even further in the future and imagine a future when human beings are beyond reliance on animal products, when human beings respect their relationship with animals in such a way so that, that the very idea of eating an animal would be like, you know, a human rights crime. So you can go that far in the future. So whenever you're stuck in kind of, you know, a, a hurt experience, then you want to go so far beyond. Okay, cool. So we'll go for a few more questions. There's lots of questions, everyone. My goodness. So cool. I'm glad we left time for that today. Okay. So, uh, let's see there. Let's go. Paula has an, has a, has a, has a, Oh, you're just making a comment. So what, what I said really applies to online fights, arguments, and social media. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started about the online world, social media, and online fights that could have a whole other spiral. So there's one more question that I'll take, which is from Ruba. She said this was her first meta practice. I want to be sure that we get through that, uh, her question. She says, I've been feeling very anxious lately. And I find it hard to focus sometimes due to anxiety. Is there anything that you can suggest me to do? First of all, so awesome that you join this meditation. See if you can uh, meditate every single day when, that, uh, when the anxiety is present. You want to not think that the anxiety needs to go away, but become intimate with your anxiety. It's as though anxiety is a big dragon that's out there prowling around your mind. And if you need it to go away, you make it bigger and bigger and give it energy. So I want you to do something so brave, which is to recognize that you're stronger than your anxiety and you can befriend that dragon. So you're going to observe when anxiety is present. You're going to observe the physical accompaniments of anxiety. What is my anxious breath like? What does my body feel like when I'm anxious? What, uh, what kinds of thoughts do I think when I'm anxious? What kinds of words and speech do I engage in when I'm anxious? What does my voice sound like when I'm anxious? So you can become intimate with your anxiety. Then you can observe anxiety is present, just like weather, it will leave. But as long as you're pushing it away, you're locked into an antagonistic relationship with it, it will make it stay even longer. So when you can just observe, then you give that anxiety permission to leave because you're befriending the dragon. And in the moment of befriending the dragon, we break cycles of suffering, so many cycles of suffering, the cycle of suffering, which needs someone outside of ourselves to save us. We break, we break a cycle of suffering that casts anyone or any one of our thoughts as a villain that we need to take down. You don't need to take down your anxiety. You just need to accept it for what it is. So practice your meditation and observe anxiety is present, become intimate with it. When it's ready, sooner or later, it will pass. Super. Great. Thanks everyone. I really appreciated this time and I look forward to it. 
for everyone. Uh, look forward to seeing you again next week. I've got a special primary series class that I'm putting in the European time zone while I'm over here. Uh, I think it's at 12 p.m. Central European time. So we could kind of get people in Asia. And also maybe if you're an early riser in the East Coast, you can get up and join as well. So I look forward to seeing you for a full primary series class next week. And otherwise, everyone, I send you lots of love, lots of blessings, lots of meta, and I'll see you again real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS, and that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.